we've all heard the stories about how persistence and failure are often the keys to success. The one classic tale is of Thomas Edison's a thousand attempts to find the right filament for the light bulb. But what if we go much deeper? I'm Barry Kibrick, and I'm glad you can be with me as we look into the courage it truly takes to appreciate failure. Between the Lines with Barry Kibrick is made possible in part by Patreon. Patreon helps creators build and run membership businesses, from podcasters to writers, musicians, artists, and more, with tools that allow their fans to become patrons. More information is available at patreon.com. And by Magic Jigsaw Puzzles. Over 25,000 puzzles and different jigsaws every day to solve. Learn more at your app store. And Between the Lines with Barry Kibrick is also made possible by the following contributors. A complete list of funders is available at barrykibrick.com. It takes heroic courage to fail. Now, you may at the time feel more pain than courage, but you must embed in your heart and soul that failure is really the dawning of greater success. And the courage that comes from this, the ability to pick up the broken strands of even a life's work and still look bravely toward the future and proceed undaunted with disregard if you will be successful, except for that gnawing feeling in your gut that you must proceed for you know what must be done. A classic example of this are the alchemists of old. In the knowledge we possess today, we speak of them as fools and their attempt to make gold out of lesser metals. It's a fool's errand. True, they did not succeed in what they attempted, but they brought into our present time the natural processes of modern science. From filtration to distillation to crystallization, they invented the methods they use by modern science today. Many of our failures sweep us to greater heights of success than we even hoped for in our wildest dreams. Another example comes from Sir Walter Scott, the famed author of historic Scottish fiction. He would never have turned to writing if he didn't have a business partner that was a scoundrel. And it wasn't because the partner stole Scott's money. It was his bilking of their customers that Scott could not take. And when he found out that he no longer could be a part of it, it was impossible because it was against the character of his honor and honesty that made him leave the business altogether. A complete failure. But the attempt to write, the result, what originally appeared to be a massive failure, drove him to entertaining and uplifting the spirits of millions who still read his words today. Failure is often the turning point, the pivot of circumstances that swings us to higher levels. It may not be financial success. It may not be fame. It may even lead us to doubts 
on deep levels of spirituality and, of course, cause mental angst. Lord knows do I deal with that. But if we fight through that without losing the enthusiasm that our passions brought us to there in the first place, we just might find that the alchemy that will change us for all the later years of our life is discovered, especially if we keep in mind this, that life is not really what comes to us, but we get from it. Now, this is also a massive struggle to come to terms with, but it's possible. And in an earlier episode, I told you about William George Jordan and his book, The Majesty of Calmness. He has a great quote, and I want to share it with you. Whether man has had wealth or poverty, failure or success counts for little when it is past. There is but one question for him to answer, to face boldly and honestly as an individual alone with his conscience and his destiny. How will I let that poverty or wealth affect me? If that trial of deprivation has left me better, truer, nobler, then poverty has been a success and riches would have been a failure. Failure is our greatest educator. It is experience leading us to higher things. It is the revelation of a way previously unknown to us. The best humans in the world, those who have made the greatest real successes, look back with serene happiness on their failures. But again, what about those hopes of the alchemists? It wasn't even their successes that we now must admire. Failure is the rock-bottom foundation of success. There is no good work without sincere purpose that ever really fails in the first place, even if it sometimes seems to be wasted effort. It will somewhere, at some time, by someone, hopefully by ourselves, prove a new lesson and lead us to an inspiration of many other possible successes. Failures often prove sources of new strength. Think about this. The rocky road may prove to have better gription than the slippery path of smoothness that might lead to success. What's most important to also realize is that failure, is but an episode in a person's life. It is never the whole story. So therefore, we must reevaluate our relationship with failure. We've been taught to avoid it at all costs. Fear of not doing right, it's, it's almost like fear of flying. It's that scary. Or fear of public speaking. It's almost always the biggest obstacle we face. Understanding the organic role of failure, 
especially in anything creative, may be the single greatest thing we can do to connect with a genuinely creative sensibility. Melanie Rothschild is a brilliant artist and a guest on my show. And she wrote these words in her wonderful book, The Art of the Mistake. Understanding the value that mistakes bring to creativity and being able to integrate that thinking into our everyday experience takes deep practice. It's hard work and there is no shortcut, but mistakes, failures, give us ideas that we could never deliberately think up otherwise. The price we pay for avoiding attempts because we fear failure, the loss of stretching our minds and our actions are objectionable. We literally suffer from a paralysis of analysis if we think of failure as something negative. It obliterates any movement to action. Think about it. The entire evolutionary process rests on a dance of failures that led to new directions. And on an astronomical scale, if it wasn't for a great disaster of an asteroid hitting this planet, we'd have no moon and we wouldn't ever have existed. But being able to navigate smoothly between failures is perhaps the talent we most need to perfect in connecting with our inner strength. The greatest gift we can possess is recognizing the opportunity that failure can present us with and within us. Unfortunately, our society doesn't shine too bright on those that fail. Our language doesn't give us many options for considering the value in mistakes. Like many things in life, achieving a comfortable balance is divine. Nothing is better than that balance, that that sense of moderating yourself, whether it's with success or with failure. For you never know when or where something is going to happen that will embed itself in your gut. In fact, a lack of even trying could be a real asset in many cases. Because training and trying sometimes makes you start thinking too deeply about what you need to do. And that sometimes, if you're very smart, in fact, could lead you to figuring out, oh my God, I'm going to fail. We need permission to stop that gnawing on our inside. But that is oftentimes too hard to give yourself. So one of the things we can do though, and again, I have to say this almost every show, it's easy for me to say it's just not that simple to do. Or you can rephrase it and say it's simple for me to say it's just not that easy to do. But reconfiguring our perspectives 
even slightly, we can take back ownership for our own creative force. But it is always easier said than done. Here's another thing we must be very careful with, the naysayers. Naysaying of the too early and too hardy variety can pollute the creative climate. It puts the brakes on things before the engine gets things moving. The sacred nature of passion and respecting the fragility of zest that goes along with it is important for what's the worst that could happen. Let them laugh. Let them make fun of you. Let them do whatever they want. But freeing ourselves from the rules that bind us, nothing is more important than that. If you test something out that you decide really isn't what you want, that time, those materials, they're not wasted. They were instruments used in a lesson to teach you something about refining your sensibilities. Protecting ourselves from our own feeling of shame or embarrassment is so important. No failure, no attempt can ever lead you to shame or embarrassment. If you're going to feel shame, which you never should anyway, Feel it because you didn't attempt something. But even then, it is such a worthless feeling to clog up your mind. And the best part is, we humans get to go off script. To be the fullest humans we can, we must have the courage to do things that express who we really are, our beings. Robert Greene, a dear friend of our show, in his Laws of Human Nature called one chapter the law of self-sabotage. And he says, we shape much of the reality that we perceive dictated by our moods and our emotions. Each of us sees the world through a particular lens that colors and shapes our perceptions. That's our attitude. And our attitude is a self-fulfilling dynamic, whether it's negative or positive. There's a great saying, and it goes like this. If you believe you will succeed, or if you believe you will fail, you'll be right in either case. So you might as well Stick with the positive. But I want to go one step further and say it doesn't have to be even a positive thought. It has to be a real thought. Let me give you an example. Classic cliche. The glass is half full. The glass is half empty. The glass is half full. Ah, you're an optimist. The glass is half empty. Ah, you're a pessimist. But the truth is, scientifically, Philosophically, the glass is always full. In reality, the glass is always full. Sure, it may be filled with half water and half air, or all water or all air, but it's always full. So you have to get 
connected to this higher power. If you are not connected to this higher power in the present because your mind is weighed down with emotions, you've got to cut off that insistent and incessant interior monologue as best as you can. And please know, I'm still working on it. And by the way, I have met with some of the great yogis, the great seekers of life and its trueness and its oneness and living in the now, everyone still struggles with this. Another guest that I had on my show a while back was a fellow named Carter Reum. And he is truly one of the hottest, youngest entrepreneurs there is. And he always believes that we have to prioritize our learning over our outcomes. And I want to read you a quote from his book. Whereas many people focus on seeking information, successful people seek insights. Insights are found, not created. And the creation is filled with way more failures than successes. It's very hard to learn from success. What's there to learn? You succeeded. I'm good. I'm going on. It's those failures that really, really embed in your soul what is the right turn you need to take. So take ownership of your mistakes and even the few successes will last much longer than the many failures. J.K. Rowling, everyone knows her as the creator of the great Harry Potter books and the series that turns into movies and basically now an international multi-billion dollar corporation. Do you know that her book was turned down? Harry Potter was turned down by over a hundred publishers. If that doesn't put a downer on you and show you proof of failure that it is only leading to success, nothing will. I want to give you a quote that she learned from all of those failures, which really aren't failures at all. J.K. Rowling says this, it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. Now, great dreams aren't just visions. They're visions coupled to strategies for making them real. I'm going to give you a few personal examples now. I want to tell you even about a great failure that led to this show and this opportunity. I worked for many years at the network level. I worked, uh, in fact, one of my last jobs at the network level was for ABC Late Night. I had a phenomenal boss named Philip Buth, and he brought me in, and I never had what was called network approval. But he brought me in because he felt I could really turn around 
in the early 90s, late night for ABC television. Well, you'd say that there's no failure there, that's for sure. It was my first success. It was my first gig in network television. But something went really awry. I was forced to do certain things. Wait, I want to take that back. I wasn't forced. I was asked and I made the decision, a conscious decision as a grown man to do it. And in turn, by doing so, I stepped on a lot of toes. Let's leave it at that. And my career, which skyrocketed from a local television producer to a major network producer, literally dropped instantly. I couldn't get a gig if my life depended on it. There was nothing I could do. This led to, of course, another failure, which was too long to get into, but it was as if failure was getting contagious. But guess what it all did? It forced me to create between the lines. It's how I got to this position to do what I truly wanted to do. And at first, I didn't realize it. But after 23 years on the air, I can tell you, if I didn't have a major failure at the network level, I would never have had this opportunity. This opportunity that brings me so much joy in sharing experiences with all of you. There's also one more thing. As you notice, I'm doing these solo episodes. I'm not doing only solo episodes. You'll see some mixed in between, but this is also due to a sense of repurposing, a sense of failure that I was having. I was not able to make financially the money to keep my show that was famous for its conversations going. But I'm able to still continue talking with you and you get a chance responding to me. And I must tell you, I've never had more joy than this. This to me is truly a beautiful moment that we share together. I'm going to end this episode with a quote from one of our current great thinkers of our time, Elon Musk, who says, failure is an option here. He's talking about his X factory where they SpaceX makes all the rockets. He says, if things are not failing, you are not innovating. For the act of not staying innovative itself can make you fail. So if failure is an option no matter what, you should be fearless in your pursuits. Go after what you want no matter how huge or unheard of the idea is. I'm Barry Kibrick, and if that doesn't work, just pivot and try again. I raised a lot of issues 
and there is so much more I want to share with you about the beauty of failure. I'll be doing a podcast on this topic with a lot more details. To hear it, just go to your favorite podcast provider, put my name in the search box, and pop, you'll find me. Also, check out my website at barrykibrick.com. There's a lot of material there that you might enjoy. And if you'd like to connect with me personally, please email me at barry at barrykibrick.com with any of comments or questions you may have. And I promise to personally respond to each and every one. Till next time, never be afraid to fail. Be afraid of only not doing for you know what. As the great group, the traveling Woolberries say, it's all right. Everything will work out fine at the end of the line. To become part of the Between the Lines family, go to barrykibrick.com. There you can join our book club, participate in Q&As, catch past episodes, listen to Barry's podcasts, read his blog, and experience exclusive online features, all at barrykibrick.com. Between the Lines with Barry Kibrick is made possible in part by Patreon, Patreon helps creators build and run membership businesses, from podcasters to writers, musicians, artists, and more, with tools that allow their fans to become patrons. More information is available at patreon.com. And by Magic Jigsaw Puzzles. Over 25,000 puzzles and different jigsaws every day to solve. Learn more at your app store. And Between the Lines with Barry Kibrick is also made possible by the following contributors. A complete list of funders is available at barrykibrick.com. <laughs> <laughs>